Hey, gang. Hey, gang. It's the Herald and Modcast, and this week we've got a review of the season finale of Westworld, as well as a now-streaming review of the movie Star Trek Beyond. Oh, yeah, both of those. How about that? How about that? So, what do you think of Westworld finale? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It was so confusing. Well, it's like they made it so sort of, yeah, like confusing, convoluted, that when they finally get the answers, you're like, okay, great, great. That's what happens. That's how I felt. Like, nice. You gave, like, cool, dude. We found out what happened. We found out what the maze (laughs) is. Not cool. Wow. Yeah, so... The time periods, they really mess with your head with this. Yeah. Because we're, you know, we've got this whole thing with Dolores where she keeps going in and out of her memories. Back and forth from the dress to the pants. Right. Now she's in the dress. Now she's in the pants. (laughs) That's like the only way you can tell. Dress, pants. Dress or pants. (laughs) Which one is it? Well, they totally totally do like an M. Night Shalimar thing where they fucking... Shyamalan? Shyamalan. (laughs) Shalimar? (laughs) M. Night Salamander. I don't know. (laughs) They definitely give us a little twist. Like, gotcha. Like, fooled you. It was the fucking... He was a ghost the whole time. Well, we find out that Ed Harris uh, is, in fact, William, the guy that's... Play, the the guest who's pledged his love to Dolores yeah. and he's with his shitty brother-in-law. Right. And that whole sequence was basically her memory flashback. It was like 40 years ago. Or 30, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And it's and he turned from this good guy. Like noble guy, yeah. And and cuz she starts, you know, she says to him Ed Harris is trying to get her to tell her about the maze. Mm-hmm. Tell him amazing. She says that he's coming for me, and she says, William will come for me, and Ed Harris is like, wow, you do remember some things. You remember William. And then he tells us what happens, that William, I guess he kills his brother-in-law. Yeah, I mean, he sort of sends him off naked on a horse. Yeah. It's pretty <laughs> ambiguous. Like, why don't you just show us killing him? Yeah. Does he just die from the elements? I don't know, but he's become extremely brutal in and this barbaric. world. And barbaric. Well, it's supposed to be because he was out searching and searching for Dolores, and they get to the end of the park, and then, you know, they do what they do. They they turn her off and restart her and put her back out again. Yeah. And then when he sees that and realizes she doesn't remember him at all, he yeah. gets jaded and angry and right. barbaric. And that starts this 30-year journey into finding this maze because he's so fucking callous. But I'm assuming he does leave the park after that, go marry the sister-in-law and take over the company. Because now Ed Harris is a majority owner he's basically the owner he's of become the, the yeah, owner that's the other thing share. so the people right so he when he was 30 years younger he did follow he followed through on that follow through on that uh the marriage and if by killing the brother he inherited the business with the right. wife i guess and that was his goal the whole We're time left to assume that yeah. right the sister because we that that picture that they find falls out of his pocket remember the picture yeah, of the and girl we find out that that's what that that's was the, how it got there when her, dolores's dad found it and started to go crazy right and then you remember oh yeah that was a really good episode what happened to those good episodes yeah <laughs> 
that, that was when the show was still kind of cool and less to me. complex yeah and just sort of like like we said i think they could have made the show just as cool with, and without trying to be so complex yeah because they come they water it down and down and down and, and then they get to the the cool part and you're like okay there's the cool part just get it you know, know give us that cool part jeffrey whatever is a robot so-and-so is not. But he's not. a robot. And that's another whole thing. So we find out that Jeffrey Wright, a.k.a. Bernard, a.k.a. Arnold, Arnold. is he's a ro- but he's a robot, but he killed himself by order of Ford, Anthony Hopkins, in the last episode. But yet he's brought back to life by, by Brian McBrien and Thandie Newton, yeah. the Asian tech guy. He's oh. Brian McBride from Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Don't know. And uh, he's help. He's helping Thandie Newton her little army all the way through. I don't know why we sort of we theorized that he was a robot too. Because well, we find out that Thandie Newton every decision she's made up to now has been programmed by someone. And Bernard tells her this because yeah. they get him back online, mm-hmm. and he looks at the log and he says. Yeah, this look, it says, programmed. like, deviate, escape, right. kill so-and-so. She's like, no, I made all these choices myself. And she, like, breaks the tablet. Yeah. And but it's like, she no. didn't. And it was clear. I mean, the, the moral of this whole episode, which we get to, is that Ford's in control the whole time of everything. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's, he's orchestrated it all. Right, yeah. he's always been in control. Because we have the woman who's sort of the liaison for the board that... Yeah, um, that homely woman. The- <laughs> <laughs> With that ugly dress at the end, it was like this freaking gold tube, backless tube oh, thing. Yeah. It just like didn't complement her body at all. And she's kind of a bad guy. She's right. she's saying she's you know trying to get Ford out, but little does she know. I mean, he's clearly seen this coming for a long time, and he's been planning for it. Mm-hmm. And she thinks he's a stooge, and you know, Thandie, he's an old coot kind of. Like, yeah, get him out. You know. Yeah. But, and, you know, we find out all these backstories about Arnold and that Dolores and Arnold was trying to bring her to consciousness and that Arnold didn't want the park to, re- to be opened. Well, he had a test. He had this, like, test of morality for uh, Dolores and she kept t- succeeding, like, yeah. winning this test, which was a maze. He's like, it's not a pyramid. It's literally a maze of morality. Yeah. Like, if you make a good choice, you get lost, if, or you, you get closer. If you make a bad choice, it affects your own mind, your consciousness, right. you, you get lost in the maze. And she kept winning the maze. Mm-hmm. And then he kept having to restart her, because Arnold, or no, because Anthony Hopkins' character is less like, you know, no, we, if they, you know, right. we can't let people know they can achieve their own sense of consciousness. Otherwise, we'll close the park down. And to Arnold, that's a sign to like not open the park at all right right like, we can't have this power over these robot people yeah. essentially and so he, he engages like wyatt mode where she literally has her and teddy wipe out the whole park the, all of the hosts right so that the park can't be opened at all right like that was the goal but it doesn't work it doesn't work and then she she has him kill him and he, he says he wants to go see his son again so we realize that the flashbacks that bernard was having were in fact arnold's flashbacks. those are real flashbacks that anthony hopkins somehow put into bernard's consciousness well and he he says why he did did it <clears throat> excuse me he says he did it because arnold discovered that the real key to consciousness and reality is suffering Right, and decisions, and like, yeah, your past mistakes yep. shape who you are. So if you forget those, and you, because Thandie Newton asks him to get rid of the memories of her daughter, and he's like, I can't. You'll, if I get rid of those, then I get rid of you. Yeah. Your whole existence. Well, and clearly Ford is of the mindset that he wants them to continue to go towards consciousness. 
Ford? Uh, Anthony Hopkins. He does? He didn't before. I well, guess he does now. I mean, he's the one who probably programmed Thandie Newton. Yeah, he is the one. And he's the one who... I mean, initially he didn't want them to, because that's why... Because what, remember what he, Arnold says before he dies is, you know, he can bring every all of them back, so it's not going to work, except right. me. Because he can't bring me back. So he has Dolores kill him, which is basically committing suicide. But then Hopkins ultimately does the, lives out the same He does the pattern. same... Well, he does the same thing. He has Dolores kill him at the end. But the difference being, he has them all kill the, the get, board the people, members the board yeah. members and the high vip guests because he's being pushed out right. so there's you know i there's uh well it's supposed to be his last narrative or whatever his last story well and the two and you see that these two men who founded this together mm-hmm. have very different moralities and different views right you know arnold did it because he selflessly didn't think that this was right mm-hmm. uh to do like can, we can't do it like ethically yeah. we can't ethically, do this we can't do it whereas uh, Anthony Hopkins' character believes that he's pissed that they're taking over, that, you know, he wants to control everything, and the only way he can do it is this. Yeah, and, and from the beginning, he felt that by being able to reset their consciousness, like, that was giving them yeah. a, a break or, like, solace or whatever. But, I mean, if you don't watch the show... This is probably an incredibly confusing conversation to you because it's confusing because to us. It's confusing to us. I mean, you, there there were several articles online this week before the finale, leading up to the valley, where they talked about spelling out the timeline because it's almost impossible. Well, and they to keep going back out. and forth, and some things are timeline, some things are memories, some things are I don't know, some things are real time, and we never found out what happened to freaking Thor's brother. Oh, we just oh, have to yeah. assume he's dead, I guess. The Hemsworth brother who's like yeah. security. He Head go, of security. Yeah, we never find out. He got basically Taken. attacked yeah. by the Indian guys. By the, the, Native, like the Natives, yeah. And we never see him again, ever. No, and maybe that was just part of the whole thing is like getting rid of Getting rid people. of him, yeah. Because he, he was head of security, so he would have maybe been able to stop it. Yeah. So I guess we have to assume he's dead. But, but they should have shown us something. They could have just shown him hanging from a tree. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anything. You know, but uh, yeah, so we don't know what happened to him. And then the whole thing of Thandi Newton puts the gets those two hosts to help her and they start taking out everybody. They start killing yeah, everybody. Yeah, the, the Hispanic cowboy guy and the blonde girl with the tattoos. Mm-hmm. And they yeah, they help her. They kill techs. They kill people. They kill all, all the security. The security. Yeah. yeah, my God. They t- and clearly this was his plan, you know, to do this. Yeah. But she thinks she's so in control. Like she's, you know, she's dressed like someone who works there. She gets on a train. She has been given the by location. the tech yeah. the location of where her daughter is in the park. And she goes on to say, like, I don't care. That's not my yeah, daughter. She says, I'm a daughter. That's who they made me. But then you see her on the train looking at it. And, and she looking goes at this to little girl, too. Yeah. And then she goes and gets off the train. Yeah. Which shows you she's still. But I feel like, controlled. so this is just basically Ford orchestrating the, just sort of like de- destroying the world he created. Yeah. Because remember that security guys goes down to like where all the old hosts are stored and they're, it's empty. Mm-hmm. And then you see Ed Harris drinking bourbon on in the tombstone by a yeah. tombstone. And then they all come out of the trees and Ed Harris gets shot in the arm and it like really shoots and him. And he's psyched about and it. He's he like starts smiling. Smile. He's like, yeah. whoa. Yeah. And that's like the same time that Dolores shoots Anthony Hopkins in the head as he's giving his sort of retirement speech. Yeah, because Ed Harris's goal was to find his idea of finding the, the center of the maze 
was where they could fight back. And there was a, you know, was real. both sides fighting, and it was really real. He right. was in search of that. He was desperate for it. Yeah. Like, he felt that's the only thing that could make him, like, ease his weary mind or yeah. some shit. And he, he just, you know, it always went back to that little puzzle, and that was the maze. Mm. And so he was very, uh, and that's when he gets in a fight with Dolores, and Dolores breaks his arm, remember? Oh, yeah, she kicks ass. She which kicks is cool. ass. She kicks his fucking ass, but then he stabs her in the gut, and then Teddy comes and shoots him with a, the fake gun, but it still sort of knocks him out, mm-hmm. knocks the wind out of him. And then he takes her on a horse, and they get to the ocean, and then Dolores dies in his arms, and then it's like uh, the curtain rises up, and there's all those people watching, and it's like the end of his narrative. Yeah, which is weird because then it's like, okay, was Ed Harris in this narrative? Narrative? Breaking Ed Harris's arm was part of the narrative? It's very confusing. I don't know. Or maybe that's just the end. But then it makes me think, were they watching the whole time, all those board yeah. members? Because they're there for the end? They're there at like a black tie event right. in the set of Westworld. And they're all listening to Dolores Hever like closing monologue dying yeah. in his arms on the beach. And then they all they just freeze. And then you see all these people in black tie and they all start clapping yeah and anthony hopkins says, oh this is my newest narrative it's called journey to the night <laughs> give me kisses yeah it's very confusing and i agree with you it mm-hmm. if it didn't have to be no it could still be interesting thing inside a thing inside a thing inside a thing yeah it's too much like inception which he also wrote yeah he wrote memento and inception so i think he kind of likes doing this like where's the reality start and where does it end yeah you i I won't tell i'm not gonna tell you i'm just gonna (laughs) make you be confused for episode after episode but where does this leave us for the next season because apparently there will be a next season. there will be a next season but i don't know if the park is in utter disarray and it's basically going to shit from the inside out how where do you how do you have westworld and then they show us like feudal japan world yeah. they give us a little taste of them or all the samurais fighting yeah, that was cool that could be cool if they go there if they go there i mean they gotta go somewhere if they're going to do a second season, like what would that even look like? Would it still be called Westworld? Well, I think so, just for namesake. Yeah. Because in the, in the movie Westworld, there's like a Roman world and there's a Westworld. Right, right. And there's some sort of like Lord of the Rings world or something like that. <laughs> Same in the book. Yeah. I uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know if yeah. I'd, you know, I'd probably tune in for the season premiere of the second season just to see what they did. But I got to say, I feel like this a lot of this show is much ado about nothing. Agree. To a point, I mean, there's some cool scenes and there's some cool things about, yeah, like human existence and, mm-hmm. you know, perception versus reality and this sort of shit. But there's some cool acting, but there's also some inconsistent acting. Yeah, there's some bad there's acting. There's a lot of people in it that I thought were miscast. Well, I kept waiting for them to kill that ginger bastard and they didn't. <laughs> or they even cut <laughs> his throat. The tech guy that's in every commercial right now. And he's in like every episode. Yeah. And he's just fucking obnoxious. Like yeah. why is the Domino's guy in this show? <laughs> and then it's like they cut his throat and they fix him and then yeah. the girl has him by the throat again and like they let him live like oh my god just kill that yeah. guy. <laughs> like the character is so obnoxious. Like just ugh. God Jesus. Yeah. I mean, it would have been so satisfying to watch that guy die. The it, I didn't I didn't watch this or it didn't end with me feeling like wow, wow. this is one of HBO's greatest. I mean, and no. as you pointed out, Deadwood is so much better. Far superior, especially if you want to talk like western. I mean, the script's better, it doesn't take itself too seriously, but the writing mm-hmm. is better. 
it's way more poetic. It's like prose. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's a brilliant show. It might be one of the greatest shows ever. I agree. Ever, yeah. ever, ever. I could watch it again and again. It's a shame that they only had the two and a half seasons or whatever it is. Yeah, it should have been so many more. more I don't yeah. know if it was too smart for people. I think you got to really pay gotta attention. got to listen. Yeah. yeah, man. But it, uh, yeah, it doesn't take itself too seriously. Like I feel like the show just takes itself too seriously. That's the thing that bothered me. It felt... It, it felt a little condescending, this mm-hmm. show, and it felt a little... Like Deadwood was fun, but it's fucking brilliant, too. The writing was brilliant. It was smart, but it wasn't it's condescending. No, it's not condescending. But the writing is so smart, but you don't feel like you're being talked down to by the characters. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of sort of talking down to the audience in this show. Yeah. Well, especially because they don't really... <laughs> they don't really give you all the explanations and yet you're also being talked down to you know what i mean exactly so it's like being left up in the air it's like how can you talk down to me when you haven't really confirmed or denied anything you just sort of left, leave it all very ambiguous yeah and it, then i feel dumb for not knowing but i feel like yeah. you haven't given me the answer to anything no it's like oh the answer is in between the lines it's like well then i don't care yeah well, i don't want to care or watch it now you gotta and we're smart people i mean, I mean we we're okay things. we're okay you gotta got at least you know there's like a few things that never were explained when the hosts shoot bullets they actually do kill the other hosts yeah they kill the other hosts and there's blood and everything but when they shoot so what is like that is it a real bullet when they shoot the other host but it's, it's like, not a real bullet when they shoot get it's what, one of those like future it's like a one of those like what i can't remember what they call it, like like uh, plot uh plot stats or whatever it's called where it's like we don't explain it it's a part of the plot we'll just say science yeah you know it's science <laughs> It's the no. the magic of science no. where it's we've they they just they have something designed where yeah. they designed bullets that go into hosts but stop no. at the skin of real people. No, you got to explain that with things like that. And and frankly, there's so many cool things about this just in a this basic form. Yeah. That what's happening, you know, people going to this park and the robots that as you said it didn't need to be so Dream inside a dream, dream inside, inside a dream. dream. Yeah, yeah, man. It like not. Inception, and Jonathan Nolan wrote that. And I got—I was so on board after the first episode mm-hmm. and the second episode, mm-hmm. and then it just sort of like sort of really got spread too thin. Yeah. And then I started checking out. I'm like, okay, I want to see it through. And then you see it through to the end. And you're like, okay, well, there it is. Yeah. Great. Glad I saw it. It wasn't a lot of fun either Mm-mm. now i feel that deadwood is fun Deadwood's so much fun yeah and you feel smart for watching it <laughs> but there's a, a lot the shows a lot of the shows that the success i think rides on the fact that there is fun elements in them it, walking dead used to have that but it's sort of losing it well and you have characters you root for like in deadwood there's the whole cast of characters you can name them and know who, what kind right. of character they are and like you al swearingen's a conflicted bastard you know mm. and timothy oliphant is like good intentions but he's such a hothead and john hawks is the sort of wise companion and, yeah you know like there's many characters and and like uh, al swearingen's uh, right hand man uh what's his name 
al or the big dude the, yeah, the dude yeah, yeah, yeah the dude that's from fucking something about mary you're like he has this oh, like that puppy dog heart yeah. but he's a fucking savage killer you the know bro- what i mean yeah so you know the brother yeah yeah and then uh the powers booth's character who's also like a oh, bastard he's great yeah but it's like there's so many characters but in this you're sort of like who am i rooting for or like who that's part of the huge problem i mean you know what also does it so beautifully is stranger things yeah man you're rooting for those kids you're, you're even rooting for Corky Winona with her Corky. And you're rooting for the cop because he's sort of like yes. on his lap, you know. Totally rooting for him. There's so many characters you're rooting for. Well, because he sort of finds a purpose again. He's sort of yep. jaded small town cop. And then all of a sudden he has this thing, like a, yeah. a, 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 a purpose, you know, as a cop. And he gets behind it. He starts to believe in it. And he yep. starts fighting for it, you know. So there's things like that that I didn't get you from the show. root for characters because I'm trying to think who I... Did we root for anyone on the show? No, no, I didn't. There's, we just found the problem. One of the major problems. Yeah, you're not the only person I will say that you're kind of rooting for is Teddy, James Marsden's character. Not rooting for Ed Harris. No, you're not. But you're rooting rooting for for James Marsden. Not really rooting for Dolores. But then they they turn and not rooting for Thandi Newton either. I was sort of rooting for her, but then they made her too, you know, too, like, there con- were moments yeah. of rooting for some of these people and then they turned them. Yeah. Like, like James Marston, Teddy becomes a mass murderer. Dolores becomes a mass murderer. And then you're not rooting for them anymore. Where, and they don't. And you're rooting for William kind of in the beginning too. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, I you guess. are until yeah. he becomes a brutal psycho killer. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and Bernard, you're rooting for. Yeah. And until he he's like Arnold. A, he's a robot. Yeah. And you don't know what to think? And they so, bring him back. And yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't yeah. know what side. There was no like side to take on this show. You weren't rooting for Anthony Hopkins to like no. destroy everything. You gotta have someone to root for. There was no like side. Like whose side am I on? Right. You know. And this is how I feel about Walking Dead right now. I'm ambiguous in terms of who I'm rooting for at the moment. Well, yeah. Because Rick is being a pussy. Right. And Carl's a little shit, you know. And they kind of like, you can't, you're not really rooting for Negan. You're not rooting for Negan. No, you're not rooting for Negan. I mean, I I don't know. I don't feel that same sense of, but I think we just identified a really key thing. The show's got to have people to root for. Yeah, like both sides, yep. you know, even if the both sides are flawed, like in Deadwood. Well, you're rooting for Ian McShane, even though he's horrible. Yeah, you but kind of... you sort of are in an odd way because right. of the beautiful genius of that writing and, and the then, way they craft the story. And you're also sort of rooting for Timothy Oliphant at times. And yes, other times you you're are. like, you fucking conflated dummy. Yes. Like other times you're like, what an idiot, you know? Yeah. So there's lots of back and forth. It's very good. Yeah. yeah. Well... We'll see what happens on season two, but uh, that's it for Westworld wrap-up. Yeah, that's it. Hey, folks, we have a now streaming review for you. Streaming review, and it's just for you. (laughs) Uh, It is Star Trek Beyond, which came out this, it was released this summer. Uh, I think it was premiered at Comic Con. We were there, but we missed the premiere. We did, and but they because we were getting into uh, Wonder Woman's plane instead, which I don't regret. Yeah. But uh, they had it premiere there with the full orchestra, which 
sounds like it was well it was outside it was like on the harbor because the convention center santa monica is like on the water which is great it's so cool i mean it's just not big enough anymore but they had a premiere and it was like a total red carpet premiere and they had a a live orchestra play the score for the whole thing so So we were like and there was a fireworks show after there was it was a huge someone we talked to went to it and we're like oh fuck me we should have gone to that yeah i don't know if we could have gotten tickets at that point but well i'll tell you so star trek beyond uh, is written by Simon Pegg and Doug Young. Uh, you know who Simon Pegg is? He, he plays is, Scotty. He plays Scotty, but he's also Simon Pegg of Shaun of the Dead and a million other Hot things. Hot Fuzz, all of that. And Doug Young um, is, uh, is a, the writer of the film Confidence with uh, Paul Giamatti and Ed Burns, and uh, he's also written a lot of TV stuff. Directed by Justin Lin, who's famous for the Fast Five, Fast Furious films. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he also did a couple episodes of True Detective season one, which is crazy because I only thought I thought it was just Kerry Fukunaga. Maybe he, did he co-direct or I don't know. Uh, but Ke- he's credited. I mean, that's like Kerry Fukunaga. You think True Detective think, season one? You think Kerry Fukunaga? Well, he wrote. He wrote. Kerry Fukunaga wrote the whole. No, he didn't. It's that guy. That, oh, really? That dude that wrote both seasons and like this was his like brainchild was this True Detective. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll get back to you on those stats. Yeah. But in any case. Uh, it's starring Chris Pine as Captain Kirk, Zachary Kinto as Spock, Carl Urban as Bones, Bones. Zoe Saldana as Uhura, Simon Pegg as Scotty, um, John Cho as Sulu, yeah. and sadly Anton Yelkin as Chekhov, yeah. who died right before. Right before it premiered. It was a fucking Very shit show. Very sad. Yeah. Uh, also as the bad guy, Kral, Idris Elba, and as an alien character, Sophia Butella as Jayla. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story is they're out in space. They've been out there for a long time, and they're getting a little restless. They have to um, – they're lured into kind of exploring uncharted well, space. Well, we should say they go to this giant space station to sort of dock yeah. and get uh, get out of space. And, you know, it's a huge – it's a giant, humongous space station. Right. And they dock, and you see Sulu and his gay lover and his and son. Their kid. And their kid. Yeah. yeah, which is like a nod to George Decay daughter whatever <laughs> yeah it's a little uh, you know nod to george takei yeah and so cool. they're posted up and they're you know finally got a load off and they get this sort of like help me obi-wan you're our only hope call distress signal mm-hmm. from space and some alien girl from a different alien race and they go to investigate and it's sort of like outside the known universe yeah, i forget what uncharted out, uncharted space, space yeah. right it's deep deep space and uh you know, Kirk steps up because that's what he does. Although he, we find out that he's sort of losing it and he might want to have, take a day job, a desk job. Yeah, he's sort of, uh, you kind of get that feeling when he does the captain's log in the sort of opening scenes. Yeah. And he's sort of like spent, you know. Yeah. And so they go out there and sure enough, it's a total, uh, what do you call it? They were being baited out there. Right. And they're met with this giant sort of, it's like um, a ship of many ships and they can't fight it and they can't d- attack against it and it totally just tears up the Enterprise. Yeah. From, In a very cool visual way. Well, because it's like a swarm of bees. Yeah. And they can't lock onto any one ship and they can't really hurt it. So it's one entity that swarms in and out and moves together as right. one, which is really cool. Yeah, it was a really cool scene. It was really 
fucked up to see the Star Trek Enterprise just get decimated. I know. Everything. I mean, it literally does. It does. It's literally torn to pieces by this ship of many ships sort of thing, the swarm of ships. And we meet Idris Elba's alien crawl character, and he squares off against James T. Kirk, mm-hmm. and Uhura saves, sacrifices herself by uh, sending Jim off on his own, send, sending herself off on a pod with uh, uh, Crawl as they are all being sort of forced to abandon the ship. Well, because they're after this one artifact, which they open up the movie with, where he's James T. Kirk is trying to do a sort of like peacekeeping mission and mm-hmm. offers this this race of monsters. Remember? Yeah, they're like little. Well, they look like they're giant. It was kind of yeah, funny. Yeah, it was funny. And then when they finally come down to his level, they're like the size of like little pug dogs. Well, because they're in like this arena, which looked a lot like the one in uh, Phantom Menace. Yeah. Where they're, you know, speaking to all the different... The, and yeah. they're looking down at him on this kind of stage. The council. And so it does look like they're huge. And then they come down onto the stage and they're teeny. These <laughs> tiny. And they all go start... Ch- biting after Kirk and he has this our artifact yeah. and then we find out that they were lured out there the whole time by this Obi-Wan call to so Crawl could sort of sabotage them and uh, you know sandbag them and, and we find he's been listening in on everything everything they're doing so clearly he saw that Kirk was going to the little pug doll dogs people to, and he has that artifact yeah, that so, crawl wants that can be used to create a sort of like bio weapon of mass proportions and crawl wants to wipe out the universe essentially and yeah. we don't we're not going to tell you why or what happens exactly but he, we no. find out later that he has a specific reason and there's a big reveal in his character right for why he does want to do it and what we, he does yes but uh i gotta say this i i've not loved these new versions that jj abrams been behind no i but, thought they were always kind of unremarkable but this was great. This was good. Yeah, I was really expecting just to sort of sit through it, see it. Okay. Yeah. That's why I kept, That's why we didn't go and see it in theaters. I know. I'm like, well, I, I, the last two, I'm like, I can wait and watch it. And then we finally watch it because it's available on streaming. And we watch it and we're like, this is good and fun. I wish yeah. we did see this in a theater. I know. And it's like, God damn it. You know? <laughs> I like this more than Force Awakens. It was I more, agree. We, we said that. I, yep. And I think a lot of that is due to Simon Pig having written it yep. and having a different director. And so it didn't feel like a J.J. Abrams movie with just like action in space. Like yeah. this really had a kind of different story, a different feel. Yep. And I was invested pretty much through the whole movie. Because a lot of it's they crash on this planet, this sort of unknown planet. And so a lot of the movie, the sort of middle of the movie takes mm-hmm. place on this planet. So they're only in space sort of in the beginning and the end, yeah. which is different. I kind of like it when they're in space. But it it felt to me a little bit truer to the original Star Trek series. Yeah. That, because I think what happened with, you know, the first movie and definitely the second one, which is really bad except for Cumberbatch's. Right. Um, Just unmemorable. Un- 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 yeah, I, I unmemorable. would never watch them again. But I they, don't but care. they, I don't think that they stuck to this. You know, they really tried to create this new version, new of Star Wars. They had little odes to it with the right. character names, and they did the backstory like they love to do now. But this one felt really like the fun of the first original series, where they're on this cool island with these aliens right. that they're fighting with and mm-hmm. helping them and and there's a mystery and you know and there's yeah. the, and all of their ship uh, all the all of the surviving uh crewmates of the enterprise are being taken hostage by crawl in this like old mining uh town or old mining yeah. site 
on this random unknown planet. And, and, so, and that was cool, too, because what happens is when the ship is being abandoned, they're all sent out in little pods mm-hmm. and crawls like bee swarm ships take are them taking them one yeah. by one as they're like escaping from the Enterprise. It's yeah. cool. There's some cool visuals, man. Yes. I got to say, I enjoyed the action, too, because sometimes like I don't know if it's J.J. Abrams action or just action movies in general with CGI. It just all becomes like a blur, kind of like mm-hmm. a white noise blur. And you're just waiting for them to get back to the story. Right. That's why I felt with Jason Bourne with the car chases and shit. I'm Ugh. like. I don't even know what I'm watching anymore. I, know. I don't even care. You're doing all this stuff. Cars are flipping into casinos and crashing. And <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to tell me what happens so I can leave. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and it's like, this. I didn't feel that way about this. I was like, whoa, fuck. This, this is cool. This is cool. It made me feel like watching a movie of yesteryear. Yeah. As a kid did. watching an action movie, you know? Or it's, you know, a sci fi movie. Hey, it's all about the story and the writing. We say that every time. Yeah, if you give us that, uh, the action has more value, mm-hmm. you know? If we really care about what's going on, you, you know, you can give us action. You can give us. Yeah. You know, explosions mean more, you know? And they do a nice little tribute to the fact that we also lost Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, they uh, do. They, they, you know, he, they have Ambassador Spock, who's really. Zachary Kinto Spock's character as in, in an alternate universe older and he dies timeline and yeah. he dies in the movie and there's a lot of pictures and they oh, there's this great picture that kind of made me cry almost yeah. where they show the entire cast of the first season but in one of their movies, you know, the first season's cast that did the movie versions. Yeah, it's like Shatner and, yeah. and Nimoy, and they're all yeah, on like the bridge or the whatever, the Enterprise bridge. It was really cool that they did that. Yeah, there were some cool nods, definitely. And uh, I really enjoyed that the pace of the movie was good. You know, it's yeah. a, they have to rally together, and there's a you know, strange alien girl that helps them right. get through everything. and. Idris Elba's great. I mean, God, yeah. that guy's he's in heavy makeup, and he, he's in heavy makeup for a lot of it. And then you re- then you see him later, like yeah. down the line and in flashbacks, and it's yeah, Idris Elba. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. I would tell anyone to watch it. I would have saw this in theaters if I knew it was going to be different from the same old Star Trek formula of the other movies. It's definitely a different kind of formula. It's uh, you know what I didn't realize. Yeah, it's more fun. That is an interesting. The guy, you know how Scotty, uh, uh, Simon Pegg's character, who's the engineering director, right? Uh, he has a little alien sidekick. Yeah. And that guy is Deep Roy, the who plays Keenzer. Oh, he's, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that guy is he, in everything. He's in a lot of things. You'd recognize him from Big Fish, Charlie and the Well, he's the Indian. Factory. He's yeah. like the small... East Indian yeah. man that's in like most recognizable yeah. little person. I had no idea that was him. No. I thought that was pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I like this. I liked it uh, a lot more than I expected to. You, we had very low expectations well, yeah. of ex- this film. Right. I thought I'd just sort of sit through it and be like, well, there, I saw the Star Trek movie. Yeah. It's exactly what I th- thought. <laughs> so but I, it was, wasn't. I was uh, pleasantly surprised. Yeah. It's worth a stream for sure. And uh, we give it justice. What would you give it? I don't know. I don't know what to give it. I'd I liked give it. it. A 8.5, I think. Or 8.5. 8. 8. Yeah, yeah I think sure. I would. I think 8. I'll 5. give it an 8.5. 8. 
I'm going to say 8.5. I think it was a fun ride. I think it's enjoyable. I think it has a good story. I like Chris Pine. I really do. I like the other actors in the film. I, I, yeah, Chris I, Pine does work, man. Yeah. Hell or High Water and this in the same year. I know. It's pretty cool. And Wonder Woman coming out. And Wonder Woman coming out. We saw him at Comic-Con. Yep. And he was on the Wonder Woman panel. Yep. Yeah. He's, he's, the guy's busy. 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 So uh, uh, stream... Star Trek Beyond, we recommend it. Yeah, it was fun. It was, that's my favorite of the Star Treks, for sure. Yeah. By a lot. By a lot. Any other news? I uh, got the fourth episode of um, Batman's Telltale series. I just recorded, so we'll have that on the website. Yes. It's and fourth uh, of five, so there's only one more episode. Whoa. Yep. And coming out soon is the newest season of Telltale Walking Dead. It's called That's Telltale exciting. Walking Dead New Frontier, and it comes out at the end of the month, and they're doing a two-episode premiere. Because usually cool. when you download the whole, if you buy the season pass, mm-hmm. they do an episode at a time, but they're giving you two episodes up front. So hopefully I'll be able to review both of those and get those up. And uh, also, there was uh, some big news from Telltale. Oh, yeah. They're doing a Guardians, the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, season yeah. next year. Series. Uh, series. Yeah. And it's going to be a five-part series. And I think it comes out around the same time as the game or the movie. Transmedia. Yeah, it's smart. But I got to say, I, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, that should be fun. Yeah. Because they did a one in space where they did Borderlands, mm-hmm. which is a really popular video game, like a first-person shooter game. Right. And they did a telltale version of that, and that, that was good. Yeah. You know, that was good. It wasn't as good as, uh, you know, Walking Dead, but... I'm excited for Guardians. I'm excited for this now this third season of Walking Dead and the final episode of Batman. So Telltale's got a lot going on. And our next uh, review that you'll be hearing from us in theaters, now playing reviews, is going to be Assassin's Creed. Is that the next one? I think so. I think we're getting there. There's nothing. Now we should try to find it. What else can we see? <laughs> we haven't seen Hacksaw Ridge but I don't know. I don't know if these still well, playing. Well, currently on our website right now is my review for the film Jackie. Oh, yeah. I absolutely. This is my favorite film of the year. Whoa. I gave it a 9.8. Whoa. I believe that if it doesn't win, it, well, it's going to win multiple Oscars this year. Wow. Uh, it is a superb film. Go listen to my review. Uh, I, I cannot say enough about this film it's phenomenal really yeah well maybe now i gotta go see it i think you should it it's not it's not just another oscar contender drama right it's it's directed by a chilean filmmaker named pablo lorraine who's known for doing a lot of real straightforward punch you in the face films about chile Mm. and it's aggressive and kind of violent they definitely don't mess around don't pretty about the assassination scene right uh the score is one of the most incredible scores i've ever heard in a film whoa uh that that alone transports it 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 feels it's darren aronofsky's one of the producers so it's got a very aronofsky kind of feel that's cool and natalie portman sells it like i've never seen anyone yeah she plays jackie o i really did not see that being a good casting kind she, of. I don't know. she's she a good does, actor though. she's so this is a performance of her life also peter sarsgaard plays bobby kennedy he's great he's amazing in this you got to see it 
I highly recommend Jackie. So <laughs> well, now I gotta go see it. You gotta go see gotta it. Gotta see Jackie. You don't want to hear about speaking of Oscars. Jimmy Kimmel's gonna host it. Whoa! Yeah, so that'll be first, and we'll see how he does. He does. I mean, the guy's pro, and he's done enough mm-hmm. award shows now that he could probably do it. I don't know how much fun it'll be, like Billy Crystal dancing around and shit. Yeah. but he's not that kind of guy. But let's face it, the Oscars is the weakest of all the shit. Like it, it is always so is boring. It's so dry. Yeah. They just can't make it fun, no, no matter how hard. And if they try too hard to make it fun, it comes off as corny, like Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. You oh. know, there's a couple moments, and then everything else is sort of like, ugh, you know? Cringe. And he's like a song and dance man, or definitely a song man. Yeah. Not much of a dance man. But yeah, and then also another funny thing about it is that if Amy Adams gets nominated for the Tom Ford movie or Arrival, yeah. she'll be tied with Glenn Close as most nominations without, without winning. Without winning, yeah. yeah. So she, I mean, unless she wins, I can tell you right now, she ain't winning this best year. Pack, best actress. There's no way that she'll beat Natalie Performance. Natalie Portman's Natalie performance. performance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but funny. also, uh, uh, amazing Balls? actress yeah. from. Uh, French uh, Suicide Squad. Margot Rabitz. No. Oh, Viola Davis. Viola Davis is in a film with Denzel Washington. That and that's really getting a lot does. of dra- yeah. drum up, <clears throat> Oscar drum up. So uh, I would say those two actresses are the two to beat uh, this year. Yeah. But we'll be back with some more Oscar predictions yeah. and Oscar films and all kinds of fun stuff in our next episode of the Herald and Modcast. Bows. And uh, you can go to our website for more info. It's www.thehmcnetwork.com. Cool. See you, jerks. See you, jerks. <laughs>